0: Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Eric Casto. What a joy to be with you, and what a joy to be in uh, Great Britain. And uh, we definitely love you, we love this nation. And, um, you know, we were in London yesterday, and I don't like to say one crosswalk is probably better than the other, you really can't say that, but I think there was a depth... Uh, that I had not experienced continually, and when we walked in, we knew that our area was Parliament Square in Westminster Bridge, and um, there was just a tangible presence of God uh, over that area. Nineteen thousand people took the tracks. And uh, the little healing track that we came out with, uh, one of the brothers from Norwich that came down, uh, he helped me with the wheel. And uh, we just concentrated on healing tracks. And and, in two hours, just he and myself, you know, a thousand tracks are gone. And uh, the team was working. Team was a tremendous team. And uh, they all wanted to be there. They were there. They were out there working. And it was interesting. Uh, I think three people... Prayed to receive Christ, but then I said, "How many of you, concerning the team, how many of you just were able to pray for somebody?" And they all went, "Ah," oh, because that's one thing that we, you know, we're we're training and teaching is pray for people. If they're not ready to receive Christ, love them, pray for them. You'll see. There's a lot of people that want a touch of prayer because something's going on in them, and um, and. I tell you, my throat's a little bit like this because the whole day I was talking, and uh, nineteen thousand people probably, you know, took the tracks. We know that, and uh, but I don't know, maybe hundred thousand people I we interacted with, uh, cars driving down down the road, buses, tour boats on on the uh, on the Thames, and um, and you know when 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 a car pulls up. And the window comes down, and the hand is reaching out. Well, well, the first thing that you know is that there's conviction in cars. So as that cross is walking down through there, the Spirit of God is in cars, in buses, in the windows of buildings. You have no idea the reach that's happening. And um, and the team, they, they were just, they were really great. People walk by us, turn around, come back, take the tract. We're trying to give a tract over here, and there's hands grabbing the tracts from us. You know, we're like, you know, what's going on here? And, um, you know, you always get the, the the person walking with maybe another person saying no, like they're talking for the other person, and the other person reaches around. I want that. And, um, you know, you really see the Scripture, to, you know, two... In the bed, one taken and another one left, and you really see the divide. You can't look at people and know what's in their hearts. You can't look at people, and 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 uh, you know, you, you'll see the biggest guy coming down there that you'd go, I don't even want to walk up to that guy. And then they're they're real sweet. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> and then you get a you know scrawny guy. You're like, this is easy, and they're like you're like oh you just you don't know you don't know and um so it was a tremendous day in Westminster central london whatever and uh just loving on the peoples of the worlds of the world of the nations and um it's just an honor um all the the tremendously beautiful muslim people um you know taking the tracks, taking the tracks, taking the tracks, seeing whole families with yellow tracks and then and a, a pink one that's healing. The pink one's healing. And I we, I saw it the, the first two hours of the day because then the healing ones are gone, you know. But it's, it's just like, Lord, you know, you, you are just speaking to people. And I'm always bumping into people that said, I got saved from a tract. Anybody get saved from a tract in here? Not in here. One person. But you know what? I've talked to so many ministers. I was an impossible case and someone gave me a tract. And And it's it's amazing. You'll see people walk down there. They're in a different mindset, but they'll take the tract and they'll put it in their pocket. They'll put it in their bag, you know, for later. I talked to a guy. He said, he said I, got it, I got it already. He pulls out his wallet. His wallet. He goes, look. And, and there's a yellow tract right there. And um, so... You have no idea because the church, the church needs laborers. Jesus said, he goes, guys, guys, I got to tell you the truth. The harvest is ready and it's vast, except there's one problem. <laughs> it's laborers, you know, and, um, and, and the church. Now, now, let me just say this before I preach. I'm going to be preaching on the return of Christ. That's what I'm preaching this morning. And um, but 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 this this blends into this. Christianity was not meant to be lived in the shelter of your flesh. It can't be. When Gideon took the lights, they put them in clay pots so that they couldn't see. But at the time, the appointed time, those pots were broken, and all of a sudden that light was shining like a mighty army. But so many times we get into a little bit of a, a Christian deception where we're finding solace and protection within the four walls of the church. And, and you'll find out Christianity is really boring there. It really is. You know, my wife and I, when uh, and concerning marriage, let me, t- let me give you a marriage tip. Don't get married until you find your best friend. All right? 'Cause love is blind. But marriage is an eye-opener. I mean you you want you want to make sure that person is your friend. And um sorry. Rewind the tape. But one thing that, that Beth and I when we went to college, we just determined we're giving our lives and we're we're a hundred percent in this and um, not living out of Christianity of our flesh and our securities there because there's no security there. It's a false security. It really is. And um, but there's joy in the spirit of God when you're going out and just saying, Jesus, I I just want to walk with you. You know, the other day I went to uh, an office store in, in the States and I got out of my car and uh, I'm going in, thinking about other things. And out of the corner of my eye, I see a man struggling to get into his car. And it's a Corvette. Nice car. And uh, and then I notice from the corner of my eyes, the Holy Ghost, because my eyes are somewhere else. But the Holy Spirit, you know, the windows. Your eyes are the windows. Sometimes the Holy Spirit's getting your eyes to go, hey, hey. Because he's inside you, you know. Paul said that you be strengthened, that Christ dwell in you by faith. Sometimes the Holy Ghost is like, give me the eyes. <laughs> Go this way. Christians are wild people. I mean, you could be in, a, in some place and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and, you. and people are watching you going, what's wrong with that guy? And so I see that his feet are really swollen. Corvette, swollen feet. That's all I saw. And so I'm going in. And then, and then I just stop. I thought, I can't walk past that. So, I went back to my car, got a trap. He's getting ready to pull out. By now, he's in his car. And, and, and I came in to his window. He put the window down. He had some kind of a muscular nerve disease. He couldn't even talk to me. He, he opened his door, and I'm talking to him. And he's, he's, he's answering me like with hands. And, and I started ta- talking about the love of Jesus. And he gave me the thumbs up. Yeah, you know, I love Jesus too. And I'm like, okay, he's a Christian. You know? And so I thought, well, I need to go. But I couldn't go. And all of a sudden I said, can I pray for you? He said, he couldn't talk to me. But he shook his hand, please. So I'm in the, in, the, in the doorway of this Corvette with a guy. I'm thinking, you shouldn't be driving anything. <laughs> Much less this. Corvettes, fast car. You know, your mind, it's crazy. I start to pray for him. And I sense the presence of God. And he starts to, you know, shake a little bit. And and, and, and when I said amen and, and you know, we finished up and, and I said goodbye, I was overwhelmed. I thought Jesus wanted that man in that condition. You live a lonely life. It's not like everybody is like your best friend. He probably lives pretty much an untouched life in his condition. Because people start to back away because they don't understand it. But Jesus so wanted just to touch him with his presence. And he needed someone to stretch out that hand. But even more so, Jesus wanted to feel him. Because he loves you. And I just sat there. I said, Lord, I, I didn't really know if I had faith to just deal with that situation because I'm on the way to, to the store. <laughs> but, you know, I obeyed. And, and we got to have this corner of the eye Christianity, you know, where at, the, at a moment's notice, we can step into this other realm where once you do, you don't lose any time. God somehow redeems it all and you go on your way and you're more happy and blessed and touched. Your Christianity opened up, broke the pot, it shined out, you loved on creation, amen. And then you go on your way going, I didn't lose any time. Oh, Jesus, I love you. (laughs) Yeah, and he says, I love you too because he's real Amen. Jesus is alive and he wants to walk with you a, well I'm not a preacher at the front that's a boring place it really is I mean think about Paul he needs to be baptized in the Holy Ghost did Jesus go get Peter? no he found somebody nobody knew just a normal guy like you hey I need your help. Me? (laughs) That guy? No way. I need your help. So, a guy named Ananias. He just goes over, prays for him. Jesus wants to walk with you. You are a minister of the gospel. You are ready for action. All you got to do is break that clay pot and let it out. You'll have happy Christianity. And you do it. Just to be with Jesus. Amen? It's a love affair. It's boring any other way. Marriage, marry your best friend and make Jesus your best friend. You'll get, a, you'll get through life. Amen? <laughs> Amen. Well, I'm kind of preaching that. Yeah, I didn't come to do that. I just came to encourage you. I lost my glasses. You have glasses? I've done this before with you, haven't I? I preach better, too. <laughs> I'll be all right. You start grabbing other people's glasses and it actually hurts your eyes. You're like <laughs> Let me pray and then let's let's look at the word. Really, I want you to listen to the word this morning. Jesus is coming. Heavenly Father, I pray for my friends. Help me to take your word. Lord, I know that if I just read Scripture, it would be anointed, and maybe I'll do that. But Lord, open their ears to hear, and I believe that you're preparing your people for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to the book of Acts, please. The Return of Christ. Acts chapter 1. And verse 8, let's, let's start there. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. You shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. After he said this, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. As they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them, and they said, Men of Galilee, Why do you stand gazing into the sky? This Jesus, who's been taken up from you into heaven, he will come just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. Let's turn to the book of John, chapter 14. Let's start with verse 1. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it wasn't so, uh, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself. Now, that's very important in understanding. I'm going to come and I'm going to take you from one place unto myself. Okay? That where I am... You may be also. So where you are right now is not where He is right now. Well, Jesus is with us, yeah, but He's with us by His spirit. Right now, Jesus is in heaven at the right hand of glory, the Father. Amen? Now let's take a look at Thessalonians, First Thessalonians. <clears throat> Say amen, somebody. <laughs> 1 Thessalonians 4, and let's start with uh, verse 13. But we do not want you to be ignorant, okay? Keep your finger right on that. Go to the, same, the next chapter, chapter 5. Now, as to the times and seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves know well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. So, what Paul is doing here is he's giving us revelation that the preaching of the coming of the Lord was part of the early church. He says, concerning these things, you have no need that I teach you. Why? I've already clearly laid it out to you. So it was something that was emphasized in the early church. The coming of the Lord. Now, if it was 2,000 years ago very important to do, how much more now with the signs that are in the times? I mean, we've got Israel, a nation. We've got Jerusalem, the capital of this nation. We've got armies forming in Syria according to what Ezekiel prophesied. This is the time that you've got to look up. Now, 1 Thessalonians 4, let's continue says, I don't want you to be ignorant, brothers, that those who are asleep, so that um, concerning those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve as do the rest or the world who have no hope, meaning you're in the world with God. They're in the world without God, and we have hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, do you believe that? That was a little bit weak. Going to have a great altar call in this place tonight, (laughs) today. Uh, That Jesus died and rose again. Even so, God will bring with him. Say, with him. him. Very important. God, the Father, will bring those who have gone on with him. Jesus said, I'm going to go prepare a place for you, and then I'm going to come and receive you To myself. And then Paul says, The Father, God, is going to bring all of those who have died, fallen asleep. The concept of sleep is seen in John chapter 10. Lazarus is asleep. The disciples said, Well, if he's asleep, there's no problem. And Jesus said, He's dead. Got it? So in the New Testament, When our family members in Christ die, technically they're asleep. They're not dead. They died in hope. Their body is dead. They are with the Lord. Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Meaning your body is here. Amen? But you're not here. You have crossed into another place. So Paul is saying concerning these things, I don't want you to be ignorant. And also, you don't have any need that I teach you on this because I have clearly laid it out to you. So he's taking revelation of what is going to come to a people that had been taught the coming of the Lord. Now, if you think that this is something, 2,000 years ago, the Bible says in the book of Jude, Jude had a gift of the Spirit come on him, and he saw that even Enoch in the Old Testament, who knew Adam, he, as a prophet of God, said, I see the Lord coming. It wasn't as a baby in, you know, Bethlehem. So this whole concept in preaching is not new. The Lord has been speaking about this time. Why? Because in his heart, he is so ready and so excited. Can you imagine the amount of humility to come here as a baby and to be born in a barn? And to know the king a few miles up the road wants to kill you? That's humility. But he's not coming back that way. Absolutely not. God's going to bring them with him, uh, with those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. Uh, For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, cannot precede those who have fallen asleep. Meaning, if you're alive when the Lord comes back, you you don't get some kind of special ticket. Amen? That's what he's saying. He's He's like, they're going to come, and then together something's going to happen. Let's read. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together. Say caught up. Say caught up. Okay, caught up. (laughs) You know, I love British English. I love the accent. But when you go into the phonics of it, it doesn't work. That's where your, your cousins across the pond, they got you beat on that. But the sound, you guys have it. Okay, where was I? Sorry, Lord. You created the language. The trumpet and the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord, to meet the Lord in the air. Where? In the air. He's not coming back here and putting his feet on the planet. He comes, but he doesn't come all the way. He says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come so there's movement. And then I'm going to receive you to myself. So there's a meeting. Heaven where the throne is, earth, and he comes and caught up. Now, let's let's go one more place here. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. So Paul says, you need to be speaking about this. When you speak about this, it brings comfort. I'm going to talk to you why that is. The doctrine and the preaching of the Lord's return is crucial for the body of Christ, even now. It brings comfort to people. If it did 2,000 years ago, how much more now? It's not in the realm of time, when's it going to happen? It's in the realm of the Spirit because it's going to happen. It's different. And the Lord wants that in you. 1 Corinthians 15. Now, let's look at this, 1551. I tell you a mystery. This is Paul again. We will not all sleep, meaning die. But we will all be changed. In a moment. Now, in that word moment, it means an atomic second. The smallest time period. It's going to happen so fast. In a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, the trumpet's going to sound the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. He's saying the same thing, more revelation. So the Lord says, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. Don't let your heart be troubled. If I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come, receive you to myself. And the Father is going to bring those who were asleep, maybe your grandparents, your cousins, your uncles, your neighbor with the Lord. They're going to go all the way down to the earth, and then we together will be changed in an atomic second. And caught up to the Lord and back into heaven in a twinkling of an eye. Honey, that's power. (laughs) That is power. That is power. I mean, I would have loved to seen creation. Well, let's take a look at something else. The Bible begins with creation, doesn't it? The earth was dark without form. Chaos was over, over the planet, the deep. That's in the Hebrew, chaos. It was dark. And the Spirit of God, the might of the Spirit of God began to flutter around the earth. And then creation. God said, light be. That light wasn't the sun. It wasn't created yet. It was a manifestation of glory. Paul says, it's the same in us. That glory shines out when God says, light be. When we're standing in London, Jesus loves you, planting seed. God is speaking, light be, light be, light be. People that go, you give out paper? No, we're releasing the power of God because the word of God. it's like the natural mind is just like, I had a guy, do you still give out tracts? No, I give out the power of God. (laughs) Light be. So God manifests his glorious light. And then he begins to put the universes into order. That had to be awesome power. But it's not going to be anything like this. The Bible begins with the power of the Holy Ghost. And let's look at Revelation chapter 22. The Bible ends with the Holy Spirit in His power with another work. Revelation 22. Look at this. Verse 7, Jesus talking, I am coming soon. In fact, in this chapter 22, that phrase, I am coming soon, is three times. It's a God number. He says it to the church, the last chapter of the Bible. He says, I am coming soon. Three times. And in that three times, then there's a fourth one where it says, The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and the bride is saying, Come. The Holy Spirit starts the Bible with power. And by the last chapter, he's inside the bride going, Say this, say it with me. Come. This is an important message, it is crucial to Christianity. Do not live your life so caught up in the cares of this world. This voice in us must be strong. Come, Lord Jesus. 1 John, let's go there. Chapter 3. Read chapter 22 several times. I mean, it's, it's powerful. 1 John. I didn't say it was going to be the most pretty message. We're going to read some word. The word is pretty, pretty strong. <laughs> Chapter 3. Now, little children, abide in him so that when. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, let's start with. Um, oh, here. Verse 1. The, the layout in this Bible is a little different. See what love the Father has given to us, that we should be called the children of God. Boy, that like blows your mind. Children of God. There, There was a species of being on Westminster Bridge yesterday. They're called the children of God. They were out there telling the world, Jesus loves you, Jesus is coming. Okay, that we should be called uh, the children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. We know that when He appears, ah, when He appears, we shall be like Him. That's in that rapture. He said, if I go away, I'm going to come back and I'm going to receive you to myself. In an atomic second, those who have gone before you are coming down together. You're going to be changed and you're going to be caught up to me and you're going to be like me because you're going to see me for who I am. John chapter 17. You, you, not, you put your seatbelt on. This verse is just going to... oh. Now this is not my message. This is the hors d'oeuvre. John 17. And verse 5. Jesus is praying... Father, now listen to this. Let this sink in. Glorify me. This is his prayer. In your own presence with the glory which I had with you before the world was made. You and I have never seen Jesus like that. He is waiting. I mean, when he came and was with the disciples, he had put aside this glory. He became a man, a little baby, Mary, holding him. Wise men trying to just touch Him. He's like us. He receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit so that we could receive it. But the Jesus that is in heaven is not exactly the same Jesus that was ministering on the earth. He became like us. But in heaven, at the right hand, there's a man there representing us who is exactly full of the glory he had before man was made. And he, I, I think in his heart, he's like, I can't wait for them to really see me. He's like, guys, be encouraged. I'm going to go away and prepare a place for you. I I said to my wife, I said, you think we'll get to share the same house? (laughs) She gave me a look. (laughs) I'm going to go prepare a place for you. He wants to be with you. There is no rejection in him to you. He, when you were not saved, he was already planning. He knows you. And then I'm, he said, I'm going to come in that glory and receive you. To myself. And you're going to see me for who I am. Oh, my goodness. And you're going to be just like me. That's power. And that message was a part of the early church. And they preached it. They lived for it. And when you have that in you, you live differently. You know, I used to, when I was little, I used to think, I don't want to miss heaven. And, you know, and that that kind of, that's not wrong. But that's not what this is about. It's about standing before the Lord. It's not about heaven at all. It's about the Lord. And their hope wasn't technically heaven per se. It was the Lord. And sometimes there's a subtle deceit when we put our faith in a concept, heaven, which is wonderful. It needs to be Jesus. Jesus. I've got five minutes to, to preach the message now that I have. You laugh. You do not want to miss this. When you look at the book of Peter, 1 Peter 4.8, you don't have to turn there, you can write it down. Peter's books, First and Second Peter, are sobering books. He talks about Noah, 100 years, the patience of God, hoping that men would turn, but they didn't. Eight people were saved. When you look at the book of Peter, Peter says, if the righteous are scarcely saved... Peter is trying to wake the church up. Don't take this salvation for granted. It's not necessarily as easy as you think. We say, Well, what's Peter talking about? Peter walked with Jesus, slept in the same room, saw the miracles, and yet he denied him. He knows how to be so close. And something goes wrong, and he denies him. Of which Jesus said, I'm going to be praying for your faith that it doesn't fail. So Peter understands how you could be so close, and yet in a moment you're denying him. Don't underestimate. The powers of darkness that are on these nations and getting caught up with the voice that's in the media, that's in the world. I I turned the news off. The spirit is wrong. It's a false prophet bending the minds of nations. So Peter's warning, if the righteous scarcely are saved. I don't like that scripture. But it's a sobering scripture. Because he knew that you could be so close. And then so far. Matthew. 25. The kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins, verse 1, who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. So we're not talking about the world here. He's talking about people that have a vessel and they know the Lord is coming. That's these people. Five were wise, five foolish. For when the, um, five of them were foolish, five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. While the bridegroom was delayed, they slumbered and slept. Now, let me just talk to you about that. I, I used to be bothered by that. But what this kind of sleeping is, is this in the world we live in, we have cares. I've got a wife, I've got children, I've got two dogs. They all have to be fed. Right? You have to pay bills, you have to pay taxes. There are things in this world that pull our attention. That is called sleeping. It's a battle. That's why Paul said, I would rather that you not get married. He wasn't saying don't get married, but he's saying if you get married, make sure the person you're marrying is helping you serve the Lord. Because if that person isn't, then there's something about this world, it has a slumber in it and pulls you. Five are wise, five are foolish. But they're all waiting for the Lord. At midnight, there was a cry. Behold, the bridegroom comes out. Let's go meet him. Then all those virgins rose, trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. The wise replied, No, there may not be enough for both us and you. Go rather to those that sell oil, buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. Those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. He replied, Truly I say to you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, for you know not the day or the hour. In the book of Genesis, you read this later, chapter 24. Abraham is old and he says to his servant, Put your hand under my thigh. We're going to make a covenant. I want you to go back to my homeland and get a wife for my son Isaac. Do not take a wife from this place. The servant is like the Holy Spirit. Abraham, the father, Isaac, the son. And he says, if she's not willing to come, do I come and take your son? No, I don't want him going back there. Jesus is not going to come back like a baby to try this again. It's done. So the servant saddles up the camels and starts heading off. And, and, and he goes, he's thinking about it. Okay, my master Abraham said the angel is going to go before me and he's going to help me get this bride. I know there were angels in London yesterday. A guy attacked me, grabbed the cross and he froze. I just, he <laughs> was angry at me. And then he couldn't move. And he let go. Angels. That's angels. Angels, angels causes a person to turn around and go get something. Angels. It says, God of my master Abraham, let it be that the young lady that comes out to draw water offer to me an offer for my camels. Let her be the one. He was looking for a quality. A servant heart. Then she comes out. She gives him a drink. And then on her own will, she goes, let me water your camels. Now, I don't know. She probably just came from the salon. She was looking all nice. By the time she was done with the camels... She was looking like a day with the children. You know, you come home and your wife's like. That's true. And husbands try to retreat somewhere else. That's the wrong thing to do. He says, this is the girl. She gets on a camel, now she's all pretty again. You know, it wasn't easy in London yesterday, watering camels. She gets on the camel and goes off. Now watch this. While she is heading out, out of Abraham's tents comes Isaac. He leaves the tent of the father. He comes out into the field. And then the camels come, and, and there she, who's that? That is my master, Isaac. She puts the veil around her face, jumps off the camel, and goes out and meets him, and he takes her back to the tents. It is a picture of the rapture of the church. What kind of girl were they looking for? A girl that was pretty, but who could water camels. Whose heart was right to inherit the kingdom. When I read Matthew 25, now listen to me. It shakes me. Peter said, if the righteous scarcely are saved. The warning, the warning, the warning. Brothers and sisters, I know there's a lot of movement, but you better listen to what I'm saying. Get this message in you and fall in love with Jesus. Love him, talk to him, find camels. And love those camels because you love Jesus. You cannot love a camel without true love for Jesus. They spit on you. They kick you. They cuss at you. In camel. The only way you and I can do it is by loving him. And I'm telling you what. I believe we're on the verge The verge. I believe there is a sound. Before the master came, there was a cry. There was a sound in the spirit to begin to stir the body, to begin to wake up and to put the sleep away and to rise up and get those lamps burning bright. That's what I'm doing this morning. Several years ago, I was driving in Bhutan in inland. I mean, pretty dark area. I'm driving in in a car through the mountains. And um, I kept hearing a hammer. And you know, you're like, are my ears popping? It wasn't that kind of noise. I was hearing it in here. And then it would go away. And after a couple times of having this experience, I got quiet. I said, okay, you know, I don't go around just have spiritual experiences or try to have them. Just stay in love with Jesus. If he wants to show you something, let him. I mean, don't try seeking stuff out. That's crazy. I said, okay, Lord, I'm getting quiet because I'm hearing a hammer. And he began to say to me, he says, that is the hammer of Noah. Noah. And it's in the earth and it's opening nations in order for this message to come and be heard. I believe that as you carry this in you, when you walk into that office, the hammer of Noah is heard. Your neighbors, the hammer of Noah, just because you pray and love Jesus, the hammer of Noah is heard. Beginning to break the darkness, breaking it up. I believe North Korea is going to open because of that hammer. That hammer, that hammer, breaking, breaking and opening. Go ahead and stand on your feet. I, I know I'm, I'm out of time. When I lived in Latvia years ago, I had a good friend. He was an American Latvian who came to Latvia to be a missionary. And because he was a Latvian who came from America, he got a special invitation to meet the president of the nation. Well, when he tells me the story, I'm kind of getting excited. Oh, that's cool. He says, but the problem was the other people that were invited, I showed up casually dressed. They showed up with ties. They showed up with gifts for the president. I showed up empty. And something that was going to be the greatest experience for me, became a nightmare of being ashamed. I had nothing to give him. I said, that's amazing. Getting an invitation to see the leader. And you weren't dressed, and you had nothing to give him. He said, I couldn't wait to get out of that place. A place that you would have wanted to stay. Listen, dear brothers and sisters, the first thing, we got to make sure we're loving each other. You can't love Jesus and not love that person next to you. Peter talks about that. I can't preach that right now. Unless you want me to. Just raise your hands. There's Jesus. Father, touch my friends. Touch my friends. Lord, I have done the best I know to do, but I know your word is working. We know that the greatest <laughs> event for the church, when you come and take us, in a moment, we'll be changed will see you for who you are. I pray for my friends that if their lives, if there are things in their lives that are asleep, areas where they're not producing the fruit that they're going to want to give to you, I pray for us all that a sobering truth of this message that not one here would miss that day. Now say this with me. Lord Jesus, Jesus. come. come and never lose that prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor.